Hi, we missed y'all. What's going on? <laughs> um, so Kendall and I were really excited to bring this to you guys today. It's kind of been swimming around our brains for a little bit, but mm-hmm. we want to try to tackle it today. So what we've been thinking about is this concept of like playing small as a collective in a group, playing small to yourself, playing big, thinking outside of your like biggest imagination, and then also relatability and feeling mm-hmm. that might be holding you back in some ways or might be feeling like a way to stifle yourself or feel stifled in a group or just a lot of things are coming up with playing small and playing big. So no, it's so it's really interesting. Angela and I, this truly keeps coming up in our normal conversations of like, oh, this relates back to this. And and finally we broke down. We're like, you know what? I think that this would make a great podcast episode um, since it's something that is so... Um, top of mind for us. We we're like, I bet this is top of mind for a lot of other people, especially because it kept coming up in our conversations with other people as well. So I'm really, really excited to dive into this today. Okay. So let me just lay the scene. So I was invited to um, a book club. I'm living in Trinidad and this was a book club for other expats. And I say ex- expats being that expats are normally just uh, that term is like Americans who are off of American soil living somewhere else. But um, in this, in the way that I'm using it, expats being like anyone who is displaced from their natural home. So people who are living in Trinidad, Trinidad who are not from Trinidad um, temporarily. So it's like people from all across the world, right? And uh, we are in this book club talking about Glennon Doyle's book, Untamed. And what, aside from anyone's opinions about the actual meat of the book, like I'm not here to discuss whether people like it, don't, anything, but what kept coming up was this idea of like whether or not she was relatable. Like it was like, oh, I like her because she reminds me of myself or I don't like her because she seems unrelatable to me. And so once again, you know, in Angela and I's conversations, like relatability is coming up. So I would love to kind of talk through that. So Angela, why don't you give an example and then we can kind of Okay. Well, so Kendall really rocked my world because she lovingly we had a couple hour conversation and we were on this topic and I was like Tell me straight, do you think my need to feel related to other people around me and make them feel related to me and feel like I get constantly told how relatable I am and I've always thought of that as a strength and I continue to to feel that way. However, I was like, do you think it's holding me back? And Kendall was like, yes. And I had a new understanding of what that meant. And at first I was like, well, that's how I feel connected to the people around me. And that's like Mm -hmm. in my nature. And I do think, I do think there's a collective in feeling related to other people. Of course, it's human nature. But where it can get a little tricky is where you, and this is my personal block, but if it relates to anyone else, it's so, if when it becomes so important for me to feel like other people relate to me, I can sometimes feel farther and farther from some of the goals that I want to achieve because Mm -hmm. how will I talk about it if I'm no longer relatable? And then Kendall blew my mind because she was like, well, I don't, I, my goals are different because I'm not an average woman and I don't have average goals. And so that already makes me unrelatable in that way because a lot of people don't really go for what they 
what they're wanting in this world. And me and Kendall try <laughs> imperfectly to do so. Um, and that can kind of set us apart. And that was like kind of a, a an ego block for me because I started feeling like the woman I want to be is going to continue to be even less common. And so I, I'm having trouble with that because I've mm -hmm. like so many friendships on people feeling close to me because I talk about things that they've gone through. And I don't think I'll ever lose that. And I think that's separate empathy and compassion and just like wanting to like humanize conversation is, is different than relatability, but I don't know. You yes. Still screwed up about it. And I'm still going through <laughs> it. It was like last week we talked about this and I still, I would love to know what you guys think if like relatability holds you back in your life. And here's other examples outside of my own BS, like thinking about at work, if you want to go for a promotion, but you love your team and you're just like, well, maybe I should just, I love my teammates. I love, like, I love what I do. Should I even go for it? Like th there's times where we just, and I think that's more about like where we play small to ourselves, but mm -hmm. I don't know. I think sometimes feeling like we're one of the girls or feeling like we there's like a modesty to it I don't know I'm still reeling from it so yeah <laughs> so I in real time trying to go through it but what do you think Ken well so what I was even telling Angela was like I everyone can have their different goals with things I feel that there's a difference between relatability and approachability so approachability is that I would never want anyone to look at me and not feel that we couldn't be friends or they couldn't come up and talk to me like that we're on two different levels. Right. Um, I would never want someone above me or someone who is like below me, like any, anywhere in that, like, I wouldn't want anyone to be like, Oh, I can't be friends with her. Right. And so relatability, I feel like can sometimes be a crutch only because, um, it's saying I have to behave a certain way or be in a certain box for us to be in communion together where approachability says, Hey, we can have different goals. We can have a different lifestyle. We can have different views on things and we can still meet in this like middle ground of soul. Right. Um, and I think relatability is like a very beautiful thing. Um, but in regards to kind of sectioning out as like playing small or playing big, I was like, you know what? I just want to look up the definitions of when we're saying playing small, because I think that we've been preconditioned to believe that playing small is humility. And they're two completely different things. So when someone's saying like, oh, I'm going to play small um, to be relatable, like playing small is actually not humility. So playing small, the definition of it, and I loved this, and Angela, I would love to hear like your thoughts on this, but playing small definition is our actions are motivated by our fears, insecurities, low self-worth, and scarcity mindset. Where playing big means that our actions are motivated by what brings us true fulfillment and deep satisfaction. So playing small is not humility. Humility is saying, I am whole enough to not need outside validation for what I'm doing or experiencing because it aligns with what brings me true fulfillment. Whoa. So what, how crazy is that, right? So humility is saying 
I'm only going to share this or I'm, I'm, I, or I'm not going to share this if it causes unrelatability only because, um, I can, I can hold it to myself because my fulfillment is me having this without anyone seeing it. Like I'm going to be humble playing small is I am not going to do the thing that lights me up because of how that might make you feel. And I'm insecure that our relationship will change. I fear that I will fail. I have low self-worth, so I need you to validate what I'm doing for it to be worthy of me doing. Oh my gosh. But like how, right? So when I actually looked at the definition, I was like, wow, okay, so humility really is like, it's playing big, but doing it silently because you are whole enough doing it. Or it's sharing with clean energy. It isn't sharing with needing someone to validate what you're doing. That is wild because it also takes away this like preconception that you have to already have the thing to play small or big. Mm-hmm. So for the first thing that came to mind is just like through my own lens, but I'm applying to new jobs right now and I've had a couple of rejections. I'm like trying to find my fit. And so I could easily start being like start tailoring me down and like trying not to go for the big goal. And like, I now see that, I don't know, you can play big without getting, not getting there yet, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's so comfortable to like start to think that you can play big once you already have something that's making no, you validated, playing right? big is chasing the thing that gives you true fulfillment and deep satisfaction. That is playing big. Like playing big can be in the interim to making it big. I think though, a lot of people don't feel that way because they're scared and they're like uncomfortable. So it's like so easy. Like once you like get a raise to feel like, oh, okay, I can like see better. I can clearly, not that it has to be about finance, but just like. I think sometimes when you get that little push and that little validation from wherever you need it, from your relationship, from your parents, from uh, your job, whatever it is, and then it can give you that confidence, but you don't, you don't need to have like have the past to play. Mm-hmm. Well, I think in regards to, um, you know, even in the book club, when we were kind of talking about things is that at the end of it, at the end of the day, like our greatest desire is to, can be connected and, um, be loved. Right. And so I think the relatability piece is sometimes we will not do what fulfills us because our greater desire is to be loved and accepted. And, um, so playing small could even be when I was younger, I had made friends at work where everyone was, um, not in the greatest romantic situations where kind of like in toxic relationships or, um, different things like that. And I would not talk about my relationship and how much I loved like my husband or like the good things that ever happened. Like I felt like I could only talk about the negative things to be able to be relatable to these people. But that's me playing small where that's not humility. It's not humility for me to be like, I can say, hey, I love my husband, but it's not perfect. That's humility. Playing small is saying, I'm going to change the narrative of this um, because I'm scared that you won't be my friend if you feel like 
oh, I have a good relationship and you don't. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Where, okay. yeah. you know what I'm saying? So it's yes. not always like when we're saying playing big, it isn't like, oh, you like land this, like this great job or you like, no, this is in your normal day life that I feel like where relatability can be a crutch is relatability can sometimes require or be like you perceive that it requires you playing small to be relatable when really it's playing big, like playing big meaning that your actions are motivated by what brings you true fulfillment and deep satisfaction, playing big while staying humble. And that's what allows for approachability versus, you know, relatability, in my opinion. No, totally. There's so many ways that I think we each play small in our life. I mean, I feel like a lot of times I will like latch on to something that's easy to just kind of like what you're saying, like, oh, your life is so broken or like things are going wrong. Mm -hmm. And like when talking with other people and they're going through like a downward spiral, almost like glamorizing how like shitty everything is. And I feel like it's different than gossiping because we all know no like gossiping and complaining. That's, that's like in general things that we should probably I don't want to shit ourselves, but um, it's different than gossiping and complaining. This is when I'm talking about like where you relate to other people because you Mm -hmm. have a common ground of feeling like things are not working out and almost like this pessimistic, like the attachment you have to other people is that you, you like are talking about life experiences in a way that's only through the lens of like glass half empty. Mm-hmm. And I think but that's that it, yeah that's but then it's everyone else is doing that you know mm-hmm. everyone else is like yes. oh my gosh I know it's so hard to get even in college like it was hard to get you know uh like our shitty college apartments and then we didn't have money to like like all the bs that we were being doing like I just think there was so much of me feeling like actually I don't think for mine I guess would be optimism like I was shamed not shamed out of my optimism but like scared to show that I actually thought the situation wasn't that bad. Yes. That was mine, I guess. And I, cause I'm starting to realize that a lot of times I w- would like see the good in something and then people would think of it as sort of like, okay, great. Trying to be a lining. Yeah. yeah or, like, yes, yes. Oh, yes. I'm so glad you're like in a good spot with this where you can see the benefits and it's just right. Like, I and would- I think, I think it's even saying when you were talking about the empathy piece, right. And the compassion piece, I think you can say, truly feel like I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that that is like what you're going through and how you feel and not even come back at, but I feel like it's great. Yes, of course. But it's also not having to be like, I am going to take my optimism down to then meet this level to then be relatable. Right. Um, but humility is saying, I... I can still keep this about me, but um, not do something that might be emotionally triggering for you because I have compassion. See, also, I feel like humility and privacy are like a gray line because. Oh, actually, I talked to Clint about this. Did you? Okay. Yes. Okay. So Clint, before we got on the pod, I was 
I was running it over Clint because I feel like he's a really, we're opposites in a lot of ways. And so he's a good sounding board for me to just like spitball something off and him be like, mm, not landing. <laughs> so, um, cause you know, we're trying to sure. get out of the echo chamber, right? Like I want to know what a male who's the complete opposite of me, like what, what do you think about this? And it was interesting because Clint is not on social media and, um, he, so a lot of his life is very private and I asked him, so he works harder than anyone I know completely. He is slave drives. So, um, and I say that lovingly, we're very thankful for his job. He just works very, very hard. So his reprieve is being able to do things out in nature. Since we live on an island, he's able to do that. He's like going on sailing lessons or he'll go on hikes with our son or um, different things like that, mountain biking, whatever it is. And I have shared a few of the things that he's done and the response will be like from other people's like wives or maybe from other men will be like, oh my gosh, like what a life. Like, oh my gosh, when really... Clinton is super stressed out most of the time and, but he gets to experience these things. But I asked Clint about that. That is like his joy. That is the thing that brings him fulfillment is being out in nature. And so I said, Clint, if someone was filming you all the time and you knew that you having your space of fulfillment, you're, you're sailing and you're swimming and you're hiking, would you stop doing those things that fill you up if it were triggering to someone else. And he like stopped and thought about it and was like, dang, like probably. Wow. And I was like, that's playing small, right? That's right. the idea of play. And so he was like, okay, you really landed this for me. Like this idea that he was like, he can do all those things because it's completely private. Yeah. But if he you're saying if he was, had like a, a social media channel, he's putting all his hikes. In yes. There, like, you know what? Yes. Your life looks so great. I'm so glad right. you guys are on this hike. He can make it look. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he would have other men, other men who maybe like work the same amount of hours, but don't live on an island where they have access to nature. And they're like, oh, would be so nice to go out on a hike with my son on Saturday, but I would have to drive seven hours to get to that. Do you know that. what I mean? So, oh my gosh, I can't believe his answer was, yeah, he would likely stop. No, he was like, uh, uh, yeah, he was like, I, out of compassion, like for someone else, like, well, and I was just like, okay, do you see how that's like playing small? Like you would jeopardize like your own, like it was him processing like, whoa, what would I do? But he was like, if that were triggering. So I was like, so you would work all day and then not do the thing that fulfilled you because it might make another man jealous that he doesn't get to go hike with his son. He was like, yeah. So he was kind of like talking about the difference between humility and privacy. Right. Of it being like, okay. And so he was saying humility in his opinion would, would be, I'm talking about the things that I love, but I'm not showing them off. Yeah. Like a modest, you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So that's not, so, uh, you know, I think, I think privacy, but, oh, so this was another point he brought up that I thought was beautiful. He was saying that like, there's a difference too between privacy and secrecy where he said true integrity 
means that you're the same person in every in every room, right? And mm-hmm. he was like, where where you stand by the same things no matter where you are and like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. And so I thought that was a really interesting thing in regards to, he said, if you're hiding what lights you up, that's not integrity. Yeah. Like you have to be, like if that truly what fulfills you and lights you up, if you do not share that because of how that might make someone else feel, that's actually not being, that's not being in integrity. It's how you share that and how you involve other people into it that creates like relatability or humility or approachability. And I thought that was really, really interesting because I think there are some things that we, that the ego will want us to do, you know, like, Oh, like, this is so great. Like I'm going to share it. And it being like, well, where, like that can be very authentic to you that it lights you up in which way. Like, in which attitude do you engage other people in that experience with you? Right. Or just like, does it light you up because you get validated? And is there something wrong with that? Yes. Yeah. But I mean, and this is all kind of like, whoa, like we, I mean, we, we were circling around different things for a while, but the idea of integrity being that if it lights you up, hiding it would be not in integrity was like, whoa right? It's just, it's like hard too, because it all, it does, it does matter how private you are because like, I would consider myself not that private. So I feel Mm -hmm. like I share a lot and I'm like, well, I, I I don't think I hide that much. And, but then it's like, everyone does hide something though. So I'm like, well, where is my shadow lying? Because, (laughs) well, you and I talked off mic (laughs) about, um, about, I think some of it, but I'm thinking about, it's like big things that I do in my life, like reselling or things like that. It's like, would I want to do it as much if I wasn't sharing it? Mm -hmm. No, but I also think what lights you up genuinely, Angela, like what lights her up is sharing your life. Like just being like you having a narrative that other people are able to interact with. I know. That's why I like am so, it's like so hard for me, like the whole humility thing and the like, and, and the relatability thing. Like, I don't think I have, I don't know. Cause humility is like more like modesty too. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's so layered because I think we are like women as a collective. It's like hard for us to like talk about our strengths and not feel like we're showing off. So that's one thing. Yes. So like if there's a strength of mine that I like want to talk about, I think a lot of people, not just me, I think a lot of people will like dumb it down or like not talk about it or just like, and that I'm wondering is conditioned instead of humility, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, <laughs> it's having like a hard time. No, we're like it's, having a meltdown on mic. We're like, I, anyway, because, so hope you guys are also having a mental yes. breakdown beside us. Bye. Tune in next week for existential crisis number 87. Because I, I don't know if relatability is always holding someone back though. I don't think that. I don't think that. You, you were asking, does it ever hold me back? And that's what like, well, no, the I know for me personally, I'm talking about just generally. Yes. I think that 
I think do you think when you, you can re- play big and be relatable? Sorry, I didn't yes. mean to cut you yes. off. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, okay. yes, yes, one thousand percent. Um, I think that with that's what I was saying earlier. I think that if you wed playing big with humility, you're very relatable. I see. Um, okay. I think. Okay, so I I also here's another thing. So with the Glennon Doyle thing, right? So you have all these women in a circle from all these different countries. And one of the things that they were um, saying was like, oh, this is unrelatable because in my country, like you can't just flamboyantly be sharing your emotions like this. Like this would be, this would cause um, so much pain to your family and your community and like whatever that like, this is selfish. This is unrelatable. Right. So, um, but then someone else would share their experience from like a different country and like how they were raised and whatever. So this kind of like non-relatability is like, no matter what your story is, like someone's going to find a different story. Um, but something, someone messaged me and we got into a long like voice memo back and forth and it was really incredible, but she was talking about how, um, Dax Shepard, she listened to one of his podcasts And he had talked to a bunch of different people um, about different situations, whatever. And his big thing is pain is pain is pain is pain. And that um, like all things can be true. That my pain doesn't have to discount your pain and your pain doesn't have to discount my pain. And so like we can be so... Um, one of the examples was someone was reading uh, Glennon Doyle's book while also reading about this uh, like refugee in Somalia. And she was like, I couldn't even take Glennon Doyle's like book seriously because I'm reading this book about this like poor girl in Somalia. And I was like, wait, so does this not validate Glennon's story then? Like, is she, is it not valid because it's not, as intense as, as like, yes. as being in Somalia, right? And so it was this idea that like Dax talks about, it's like our pain can be as huge and as heavy for you, even though it can be vastly different. And I think the relatability is trying to say, I will bend to what your story is so that you find me relatable versus saying, here is my experience. I can play big in my experience, but invite you into it, which is the approachability aspect. It's saying our stories can be different. And I think that relatability is just like the, the, the group of people you're in. Like for you, you're trying to be relatable. For me, I'm trying to be relatable. Like we both actually like do want to be relatable to our tribe, we just have different tribes. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? So like you even being able to like go and get hauls uh, for thrifting is unrelatable to another woman. Like there's no way for you to actually be relatable to every single person. And that's the only way that I feel that it becomes a hang up. Like someone's going to call you relatable if they can relate to you. 
I think people but, use it a lot when they mean like, oh, approachability. Feel, yes. Yes. Like, yes. oh, I feel like I could hang out with this person. I think a lot yes. of people use, oh, you're so relatable, even though, because people use that without having to have gone through the experience, you know, like. Mm-hmm. But you'll send me like celebrities all the time who are like big celebrities and you're like, oh my gosh, I love her. Like we were all hanging out because yeah. they're just really approachable. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. And so, yeah, I, I no. somehow feel better. I don't know how you guys were on the emotional roller coaster about me and my problems. <laughs> um, and I just feel like Kendall was just like giving us the good poetic juice. And I was over here spiraling like, well, what does it mean for me personally? Um, mm-hmm. so, no, but it's true. Real, it's but true. Yeah. I, it's, it's so complex. My brain can't really like process it all in real time, but. And I think, I think as women, you were spot on too about as women, I think that it's very tempting for us to not want to be the full spectrum of who we are because it may uh, separate us from the group. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and I'm saying that for every woman. I'm saying every woman has assimilation. a gifting. Yes. And every woman has a gifting and it's going to be different than the next woman. And I think um, we all have pains that are unique to us. Angela's experience in life is different than mine. My experience is different from the next woman. My experience in life is going to be different from you listening. And so I think that it's leaving space for people to have their own experience um, while understanding like pain is pain. Like your pain and what you hold could be equally as painful for me to hold mine, even though we have different experiences. And um, the relatability piece, true relatability is that you are human and I am human. And we are both going through our pain and we are both going through our gifting. Like we are both incredibly blessed in the ways that we are. We're both incredibly like we can go through a really hard time and it'd be different from each other. And that doesn't um, devaluate any of our stories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I think the relatability piece is really understanding like I am human, you are human and creating this space for that energetically. Um, and that doesn't mean that you don't have boundaries between other people. That doesn't mean, oh, just because I'm human and you're human, like mm-hmm. I'm just going to put up with whatever from your story. Um, mm-hmm. It's just more like, hey, I can learn. I can learn from you. You can learn from me. Um, even if our stories are not the same, even if it's like, oh, like you're an expat. Maybe if you're listening, you're not an expat, but that doesn't mean like I can't learn from you and you can't learn from me, even though we're yes. in completely different situations, you know, um, or you're married or you're not married. You have kids, you don't, you work, you don't like we're all in different situations, you know? Yes. Um, and also just uh, something came to mind where you're playing relatability because it's comfortable and like where yes. it's just so, so much more comfortable. I was thinking about how, um, my aunt does a study of disc personality where there's like D's are dominant, E's are, are I, it's like D I S C. And I, I'm not going to go all through them, but the S's are people that are like, they want to serve others and they want everyone else to be comfortable. So mm-hmm. the example that they give is like, if you're sitting in a circle and the person it, it, that is in the middle is the one that's 
identified as an S in the disc personality. And they turn to the left and the person's like, oh, it's cold in here. They'd be like, oh, I know, right? It's, I wish I brought my jacket. Then they turn to the person on the right and they're like, gosh, it's sweaty in there. The S will be like, yeah, I know, right? Oh, I'm sweating. Mm-hmm. Like it's because they, it's, they're not trying to lie. They're trying to be like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I can actually see. I am kind of cold. Or, oh, I, I could see. I could be kind of hot. Like, and I honestly, <laughs> I think that that's a really beautiful quality. Like, it really, like, just seeing be, someone's side. Yeah, um, seeing someone's side and being like, yeah, I can connect to that. Also, I can connect to that. Like, you yes. know what I mean? So I um, want to, like, hold on to, like, don't lose the connection that you have to other people. Yes, but the connection. Also, yeah. Yes. But also be mindful of where you're dimming because it's to not trigger someone else's insecurities and fears. Mm-hmm. And so just, uh, let's be let's be clear. Like this whole podcast is in search for all of us to be able to thrive. Oh like, yeah. That is, that is our whole goal. So when we're going through this, it's like, Hey, how can we break playing small to others and to ourselves to be the largest, most beautiful expression of ourselves, right? Which is mm-hmm. playing big, but also in a way to thrive, we do need to connect with other people. It's like, we need to be the full expression of who we are. And we also need to leave complete space for other people's stories and leave space for our own story. Um, and so I think that, you know, at the end of this episode, my hope would be like, even with me leaving and us doing, um, research about even just like talking about this stuff, I feel that I want to hold, empathy better, like humility better, like stop playing small. There are a lot of areas, like I'm not over here being like, anyway, so because I did this research, like I know exactly, like I did research on this so I could best help you guys. There are a lot of areas I play small for myself. And I, those are things that I have to work through. And I think getting on the pod and talking through some of these ideas helps me like with the uncomfy feelings of like what that is for me and kind of work through them. Um, and so I just really hope that for you guys, like let's clear some of this out. Let's blow some air into these like uncomfortable conversations. So that way we can pave the way for all of us to like thrive and connect. Couldn't have said it better myself. We're always dishing the medicine that we need back. So we, we all need each other. Yes. Gosh, I'll be listening to this in like one week and being like, well, <laughs> still playing small, still trying <laughs> to work through it. Small. <laughs> Crying but thriving. Literally um, tiny. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, thank you for joining us, Kendall. Thank you for your just sharing so much today. I was learning alongside anybody is listening. If we're in your ears, I'm learning alongside. And I just hope you guys got something out of this. And thank you for joining us. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you next time. I hope you had fun today. Thank you so much for listening. We're manifesting that this becomes something. So if you enjoyed this, help a sister out and give us a rating or tell your best friend so we can connect more people like you. Talk to us anytime. Easiest to reach us is on our Instagram. Kindle is at Kindle Hannah with no H at the end. And I am at Angela underscore party. Also, we wanted to give a quick shout out to Nicole Spolerich, our magical audio editor, and Scott Hoying from Pentatonics for the sparkly intro. You two make us sound like we're not just two girls sitting on the living room floor with a mic, so we love you for it. Anyway, we love all of you guys. See you next Wednesday, and stay woo-woo.